0: Welcome back, Mountain Brook. This is Donald Clayton, principal at Mountain Brook Junior High. We're continuing with our reopening podcast here, joined, as always, with by Dr. Dickie Barlow, our superintendent, and once again, Amanda Hood, our director of student services. This is our third podcast in, in, in a series uh, dedicated to reopening Mountain Brook schools. Our previous podcast, the first one we focused on instruction um, and what that would look like um, in, this, in this plan. The second podcast, we focus solely on safety expectations, um, discuss distancing. We also discuss facial coverings and then hygiene. Today... For this podcast, um, we are focusing on screening and positive cases. Um, So Dr. Barlow, I'm going to kick it to you to kind of get us started um, and kind of give us some direction for this particular podcast.
1: Thanks, Donald. Uh, I'd just like to give us some focus again and go back to our initial reopening plan and just make a few introductory comments. One is this is our initial plan, right? I mean, if there was anything we've learned since March, is that it changes not every week, not even every day. Sometimes it changes four or five times in a day, hmm. and so we are trying to stay nimble and flexible in the way that we do this. Um, the next thing I'd like to say is that um, you know, it said, I, Amanda said something the other day uh, to me about this is an imperfect inf- process, and. Um, It is. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are going to be mistakes made. There are going to be things that we need to correct. um, And we will do that. And so in that, again, we're asking that people would be gracious and kind. And we are going to try to do the same thing um, in this heightened anxiety time in our world. And then the last thing is that um, what we really want people to know, if they know the heart of the matter, is that we are concerned about our students our staff, and the the community at large. And we're going to do everything we can to keep them safe.
0: Absolutely. Um, so we, we talk a lot in Mountain Brook about the partnership, the wonderful partnership that we have between our parents, our community, the schools and how we all just come together. And so let's kind of talk through what that looks like, the partnership that we need now um, from our homes and and what types of things can be done when it comes to these screenings and these positive cases. Uh, so, Amanda, kind of start us off with that partnership and, and what we're kind of needing um, and looking for from our parents.
2: So you're definitely right. The partnership that has always existed in Mountain Brook between our community and our school system and our city is just more important now than it has ever been. Um, When we talk about students, faculty, staff coming back to school, you know, one of the big questions has come up is, how do we know who's sick? I mean, that's an obvious thing Mm -hmm. to think about. And so there's a lot of different recommendations out there. The partnership between home and school is going to be a fundamental kind of critical point. We're going to ask our our parents and our families to really help work with us in screening their children before you come to school. So there's a lot of, you know, there's many, many lists of symptoms that you might see. You can look on the CDC website. The UAB has a website. Right. Um, But things like fever, if your child's running a fever of 100.4, you know, if they're coughing, if they're fatigued, you know, there's headaches, the loss of taste and smell. There's a the list. It's a pretty robust uh-huh. list of, of symptoms, but we're going to ask parents to really help us by screening children before they come to school in the mornings. The same thing with our faculty and staff. Mm-hmm. The expectation is that we all screen ourselves. And, you know, we've always been a community that values school. We value kids being in school mm. and know the great work that happens there. But in this case, if somebody isn't feeling well, we're really going to ask for that individual to stay home.
1: You're right. You know, that's the great thing about Mountain Brook is that we value people going to school. Uh, parents, you know, we want our children to go to school. Um, you, uh, you Conversation after conversation about how you feel and I'm okay, you can go to school. <laughs> right. You got a sure. test today. Yeah. You got a test today. You've got, you know, mm-hmm. you got a critical lecture that's coming up. Um And those are all great, but times have changed now. Mm -hmm. And with COVID-19, we have to ask that question a little bit differently and we have to consider it differently. And so we're asking people if, you know, if your children are sick or if a teacher is not feeling quite well, you evaluate and you call in and say, hey, I'm not going to be there today. Mm -hmm. Um, Before, you know, there would be a little emphasis on, no, I think you can make it through this. We don't want people to make it through Mm -hmm. Um, which brings me to another point, Amanda, when you're talking about screening, you know, I've had this question a lot about, hey, are y'all using temperature checks? And, um, and I just, uh, as we've talked about this, the, um, reality of a school doing a thousand temperature, temperature checks, um, mm-hmm. is unreasonable. Right. We we can't do that. And that's why we're calling on our families to, to help us out.
2: Right. Because, you know, I mean, we, You know, I mean, the three of us, we all have children at home, too. And so, you know, it it can take us a matter of seconds to do some of those screenings with our children in the mornings. But when you're trying to manage a thousand teenagers, a thousand junior high students, you know, elementary kids all coming in at different times. And in the
0: same entrances.
2: That's right. That's right. The management of that process becomes what drives the school day. Mm -hmm. And so we, again, we want our schools to feel like our schools. Right. We don't want that to be the first experience a child has every single day as they enter our buildings.
1: Right. And that's why, you know, I mean, let's go back. We are talking about screening and everything. What we're really talking about is relationships and partnership. Mm -hmm. We're asking for our families to help. Um, we're going to do everything we can and we need them to do everything they can.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that this makes me think of is our you know, our school nurses, they're a critical part of this team. Mm-hmm. And as we come back to school, um, I mean, they're going to be taking a, a really big leadership role in working with families and, you know, kids that don't feel well, family members that don't feel well. Um one of the things that I wish people could see is on a daily basis what our health rooms look like. Yeah, You know, you can go visit a health room at an elementary school and in a matter of 20 minutes, you're going to have one friend that walks by that just wanted to come say hey to the school nurse and get an M&M right. because they just needed a little extra love in that moment. Um, you know, band-aids and bug bites and all of those things are just normal parts of what happens in a school. Now, you know, what's going to be happening in that health room has kind of, it, it's up to notch. Yeah. And so the stop-bys for an m M&M and may not, this may not be the time for those. Mm-hmm. And so we're really going to help, um, try to help our teachers have Band-Aids and, you know, kits in their classrooms so that that health room is really preserved for Hey, I'm really not feeling good. Right, and and kind of that process.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad my kids are in secondary now because um, I think they spent most of their time in the nurse's office <laughs> yeah. just talking to the nurse. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. We so. need to up our game at the junior high. Well, I think we give out peppermints. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm yeah high school to, too. I might need to switch it to M and M's. Amanda, take us into that. Take us into that next step um, of positive cases. Yeah. And, and, and what does that look like for our families? Um, there are different layers to this.
2: Yeah, so, you know, it's one situation where, hey, you're at home, your child doesn't feel well, we stay home from school, we contact our doctor, and we go from there. Um, it's a different situation when you're at school and your child felt fine going to school, but all of a sudden is at school and doesn't starts not feeling well. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, any employee, student, Will end up in the nurse's office. That's going to be our first point of contact with that. Um, those individuals, we will, nurses are required to have kind of a quarantine area and they'll be screened. Um, one of the things that's part of that partnership that we mentioned is if you receive a call from the school saying, hey, your child's really not feeling well, we understand that everybody's busy, but the faster you can get to school to pick up your child, the better as far as exposure with that many people around. And so we're asking, you know, try to be there within 30 minutes if at all possible. Um, so that, you know, that's an important point. So testing's happening in a lot of different ways. You know, in our community, you've got testing centers, you've got, doc, you know, local pediatricians, doctors' offices, and so that looks different. And there's, again, a lot of different timelines. You hear lots of stories about that. One of the things that may feel a little bit different is that if your child is tested, Um, And even to the extent somebody in your family, you know, is waiting on test results, we're going to ask that we have some, that you communicate with us. That's one of those partnership points Mm -hmm. that's really important. And although that may feel different because those things are personal, you know, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. about your family, it's about your child. It's really twofold that we ask for that. One is because it helps us work with the other families in our school community about possible exposure, you know, we need to be able to communicate to keep the larger communities, you know, protected. And then the other piece is our custodial team really goes into areas that have potential exposure. And they, they attack that area with a different level of degree. And so mm-hmm. that communication really helps us know how to direct those two processes.
1: Yeah, so let me uh, go to the other side of that for yeah. just a second and say if parents do notify us that their son or daughter is positive, or if a teacher says, "Hey, I've tested positive," then what people need to understand is we uh, keep keep that in strict compliance with the FERPA and HIPAA mm-hmm. regulations. We we don't go out and say, "Oh, so and so has tested positive." Mm-hmm. And, we don't mention names or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Correct?
2: That that is absolutely correct. <laughs> so, you know, you I think you could expect if there was some level of exposure, even probably low exposure, we we would communicate mm-hmm. and just say someone, you know, that's a part of this team, a part of this class has tested positive. Please watch for symptoms. Right. It's kind of a form letter, but it's a way for us to just kind of easily communicate with parents to let them know.
1: Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little deeper in the water here mm-hmm. and talk about shame. Sure. Um, you know, I know that with this virus, especially early on, nobody wanted to tell anybody that they contracted coronavirus. And um, this is not a point of shame, right? I mean, right. it's all over the place. And so um, if somebody is t- has tested positive, that's nothing to be shameful about. It's just, it is, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I get sick all the time, Mm -hmm. nothing to be ashamed of. And so we just need to help each other out and continue to move forward.
2: So true. And so, I mean, I I think you're right. I think, you know, kind of the wider spread this becomes, it becomes a little more normalized for people. And so, you know, you don't want something like this to become normal ever. I don't mean to say that, Mm -hmm. but I do mean people's reactions. People don't, um... Don't overreact, you know, when you have a positive case. And so we know that communication is a key part of that and helping our families navigate it. So, you know, if it's a low exposure situation, we've really been observing distancing and masking. You know, you may just get some kind of a generic communication if there's been some level of high exposure, you can expect a person like a personal conversation. We're yeah. going to be talking to you in person.
1: Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's yeah. talk about if uh, if we find out that somebody's positive, what what's the step back to coming back to school, or or what happens if someone tests positive?
2: Yeah. So by the re- re- most recent. You know, Governor's Health Order, it, it had a statement in there about if you're positive, you have to stay in your residence for 14 days. Mm-hmm. But and isn't so, there
1: this three-prong? There
2: is. And so what we've seen is that through local health organizations, the health department, they really use a three-prong process. And mm-hmm. this is really what we've been relying on. So one, before anybody can return to school or work, that um, you need to have no fever for three days without in- any fever-reducing medication. Your symptoms need to have essentially gone away and then you need to have been away for a period of 10 days. So that's kind of the three prong approach Mm -hmm. Um, that seems to have covered, you know, most of the situations that we've had that that 3 prong approach is really recommended by the CDC. We've gotten it from the local Jefferson County Health Department. So we feel pretty confident about relying on that.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's a three check boxes. It is. Like check box all three mm-hmm. of those. Mm-hmm. Um that's an, I think that's an important thing for us to remember.
1: Yeah, and we'll probably send that out. All right. So, here's another question that you know over the summer, we've heard over and over again about the six fifteen rule. Yeah, you want to talk about the six fifteen rule? Sure. And uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about that.
2: So I think it's you know it's obvious to say I'm certainly not a medical expert. Don't you know? Don't even want to imply that I am, and I know none of us in this room are. But we have relied on those experts in our community and in the state that are, and so we we've really been using what's called the six fifteen rule, which means six feet apart for less than 15 minutes um, really has made a difference in some of the situations that we had. Right. So for example, you know, someone tests positive, but we've been observing strong social distancing. So mm-hmm. physically apart, six feet or more. And we really kind of had almost an in passing type interaction, less than 15 minutes. Masked. Ma- and it particularly yeah. if you're masked. That, that really sets up a low exposure situation. That's good for us in schools because low exposure situations give us more of a chance of people staying in school and people coming to work. When we start getting into the high exposure situations where you're unmasked, you've been closer than you know six feet for longer periods of time, then we start getting getting into situations where the guidance could be you need to stay home for and quarantine for fourteen days. So those are some of our procedures are being set up with those scenarios in mind. Mm -hmm. We really, you know, hopefully no exposure. But if I think it's not an if, it's a when there's possible exposure. Right. We would prefer, much prefer the low exposure. Um, And so that 615 has been a guiding principle for us over Mm -hmm. these summer months.
1: Yeah. And so I'll just stop for a second and say, and that is why when we talk about distancing and covering your face masking, if you will, is so critical. Um, You know, we're not just talking about just keeping people well, but we're also talking about keeping people in school. Mm -hmm. And um, even if you're well, well, and um, you've been exposed without a mask and you've been close enough, and, you know, you might be sent home for 14 days. Right. But if we, as we talk with the health department, and we say all of our students um, had masks on and all of them were over six feet, then the health department, their um, recommendations are a little bit different, aren't they?
2: Definitely. And we've seen the masking and that distancing really save some of the activities and things that are happening Mm -hmm. on our campus. Mm -hmm. I mean, time and time again. And so that's why We know what an important process those two things are going to be when when kids return back to the building.
1: Yeah, so let me say this again. We're not saying that, you know, just to cover up in the distance so you can go to school. Yeah. It's about safety first, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when we're going, um, being led by the Jefferson County Health Department, they will ask those questions about masking Mm -hmm. and about distancing.
2: Mm -hmm. Every single time.
0: So we mentioned this a little bit and let's kind of dive into you know, the conversation of um, I am at home for 14 days or 10 to whatever it looks like. Um, let's kind of go into um, that piece. I think a, a question that we, we hear sometimes is if, I, if, if I'm if i in traditional school and then I have the virus or I'm at home in some way, do I go all the way to virtual school, mm-hmm. right? And the answer to that is no, you don't. And so it, let's, let's just kind of talk about what that piece looks like.
1: Okay, I'm going to throw that right back at you, Donald, <laughs> 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 because you're a, the junior high principal. And that's one of the things that we have been talking about, but being concerned about when somebody does go home and they have makeup work. How do we effectively teach and lead our students and also help our teachers where they're not doing two, three different okay. jobs at one time? And so t- you, why don't you tell me what you're doing at the junior high to resolve this issue?
0: Yeah, so I, <laughs> I think there are different pieces of of reopening and coming back and just all of this that gets people's attention in different ways the one that really gets my attention is this one because I think that we 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 talk about you're going to be in traditional or virtual and then there's this in-between space if Mm -hmm. you end up going home and we really our teachers are not going to go to virtual school so our teachers are going to uh, continue to work with those students so um, that's one that I'm, I'm really interested in how do our students it, when they are at home for a length a, a long period of time, how do they stay up with their learning without? overtaxing our teachers in a makeup work and, and and sense. So that's, that's a big conversation for us. We've got a group of teachers um, put together um, and we're really looking at how we can be proactive on the front end of putting together places, database of, of, of things for, where kids know where to go, things that are done by our teachers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's they're recording one of their lectures or they're doing a follow-up video saying, hey, this was the most important thing. And then they're opening their, their email, right? And they're just keeping that line of communication communication open um, that that is that is something we're in the process of developing and our teachers once we once we get that developed and and we train our kids on what that looks like and talk to the community um, we'll we'll get that rolling I think that's a I think that's a big conversation for us though
1: yeah. yeah and we're doing that at the high school too and at the elementary level on all three of those levels and you know we've talked about the teachers how we can help them. At the same time, it just needs to be clean and simple for students so they know where to go, what to do, and how to do it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: And I'll also note that any, any absences that are COVID-related, you know, that are related to, you know, being ill, those are going to be excused. Mm-hmm. And that really matters to some of our families, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's just a, a point worth noting.
1: Okay. I have, I have one more COVID question for you, Amanda, and we okay. can go down this rabbit hole. Um, but we'll try not to. But so if I'm at home and I find out my wife mm-hmm. is positive, do or and can my children go to school the next day?
2: Yeah. So there, we've kind of gotten over the, this last month probably just some frequently asked questions from mm-hmm. some of our parents, you know, in our community. That's one of them. So if somebody in our, in our home is um, positive, can I send my kids to school? And the answer is, per the health department, that family needs to quarantine at home for 14 days mm. to watch for symptoms. Yeah. Um, that's an important thing because family, if someone in a family has, has COVID and is tested positive, that's a high risk of exposure, you know, because you're just with right. your family a lot. And so the chance of bringing that to school and that spread happening is pretty high. Mm -hmm. The other question that we've gotten is what happens if we're in school, you know, my child's in class and somebody in the class is positive? What does that look like? Right. And so, you know, that's why the masking and the distancing is so important, because like we said earlier, the level of masking and the amount of distancing will determine what happens. I mean, Mm -hmm. it could be that that's a low level level risk and people continue to come to school and we just ask parents to monitor for symptoms where it could be, you know, we've got a group that goes home for 14 days to monitor. But the masking and the distancing is what makes a difference there.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So that pretty much wraps up uh, this podcast of screening and positive cases. Uh, Again, we'll be back um, with one more podcast. Um, And
1: I'm going to interrupt you one more time. And just remind people that we've sent out our plan. I think this is the third podcast we're going to send out. And just a uh, reminder that we're asking that what people would notify us if they are interested in registering for the virtual school to do that by July 24th. Perfect.
0: Um, all right, as always, thank you, Dr. Barlow. Thank you, Ms. Hood. Um, Mountain Brook, stay well. And as we say now, stay nimble.